You're listening to The Journey Podcast. Is it possible to rediscover life's vibrant possibilities by gaining control over chronic pain? Stay tuned for today's episode. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end. This is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. In this episode, we delve into a transformative journey of triumph over chronic pain. We explore the remarkable story of our guest who has managed to overcome her own chronic pain and now extends a compassionate hand to guide others on their path to healing. Our conversation offers a glimpse into the innovative realm of pain reprocessing therapy, a powerful approach that has played a pivotal role in our guest's healing journey. We invite you to join us as we uncover the potential for overcoming chronic pain and the fascinating methods that can lead to a life free from its debilitating grasp. Mariana Julesgaard is the owner of Mental Forandring in Denmark, working as an ICI certified coach and mental trainer, as well as a pain reprocessing therapy practitioner. She helps people overcome chronic pain and other life challenges such as low self-worth, anxiety, and challenging relationships. Mariana has suffered from chronic pain most of her adult life due to rheumatoid arthritis and has had several surgeries in her lower back. Ten years ago, she started working on her mental health, eliminating her fear-based thinking and behavior as much as possible to have the energy to deal with a life filled with physical pain. Surprisingly, this change also removed the physical pain to the degree that Mariana has not needed medical treatment for almost nine years except in a few cases. The freedom and the quality of life it gave her is what she wishes for everyone, and she is on a mission to help and inspire as many as possible. Here is my interview with Mariana Yulsgaard. Hi, Marianne. It's so great to have you on the podcast today. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you because overcoming chronic pain is such a relevant and important topic for today's episode. Thank you so much for coming on today and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I have looked forward to it a long time. Yeah, it's my pleasure to have you here today. And I'm really excited for you to share your story because it is so impactful to understand what you have gone through and where you're at today. So this will be such an amazing episode. Let's start with who you are and where all this started, a little bit about yourself and your story and where you have been up to this point. Yeah, I think I will start in 2006 when I got the diagnosed rheumatoid arthritis. I was very sick. I had a lot of swollen joints, a lot of pain, feet in my toes, in my knees, in my elbows, wrists, hands, fingers. And the doctors had no doubt it was that diagnosed. So I got a lot of medication and it had a lot of side effects. I was 
sick from the illness and I was sick from the medicine. And it didn't take the pain away. Actually, it went on for seven years. Finally, I got so many side effects. I had so many infections in my mouth, in my nose. I said to the doctors, please, I have to stop this medication. I can't do it any longer. And of course, they said, but you have to, or you will damage your joints for good. And of course, I understood that, but I couldn't do it. So we agreed on pausing the medicine. And at the same time, I started my education as a coach and a mental trainer. I had a lot of mindfulness, listened to a lot of mental training, which in the core was mindfulness, learning to relax in my body. That was one thing. The other thing was I learned to have my focus on solutions and not the problem. That's what a coach do. And that was new for me because I had always been very preoccupied in problem solving, digging down in the problem and always trying to fix. And when you have that mindset, when you get an illness, your brain says jackpot. Now you have something you can do for 24 hours every day. Those two things, working with solutions, working with how can I get more joy, more light, more self-worth into my life, and at the same time, relaxing my body. In a few months, a lot of my pain just simply disappeared. Still went to the hospital in between and got some injections, cortisone injection in the swollen joints, but it was lesser and lesser. Actually, I didn't work on my pain, but my pain minimized. 10 years now, and I have been off the medication since, except from a little period when I was very stressed, and we'll get back to that, I think, what stress is doing to chronic pain. And even though I had 10 years where my pain got lesser and lesser, and I got better and better, I still quite couldn't believe that working with my mind, working with relaxing my body, my nervous system could do that much. And then I read a book last summer, The Way Out, Ellen Gordon's book. And it was like reading my own story. Except, he says in the book, an illness like rheumatoid arthritis and autoimmune illness is not what we are working with here. It's too complex and it's structural. And we know your body is ill, so we can't work with it. But I have done that. I want to tell him my story and I couldn't get the hold to him. So instead, I got educated in his methods, which was a lot like what I was doing. I had been doing for 10 years. So now I work with people who have chronic pain, helping them doing the same thing I've done myself. And actually, with the methods called pain reprocessing therapy, which is evidence-based scientific method. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And wow, what a journey you've had because rheumatoid arthritis is not the first thing when we think of, oh, we're going to work on our mind and it'll affect that, right? <laughs> so, oh, wow. So now you work with clients who experience chronic pain as a coach. What do you think is sort of some of the underlying causes of why people actually experience chronic pain. And I mean, some of it obviously is structural, right? We break a leg or an arm, like there definitely are 
functional, structural, mechanical underlying issues. But when we look at it from a mental, emotional perspective, what do you find are some of the patterns that you discover when it comes to chronic pain? What fuels the pain is often or all the time fear. (laughs) Fear can come in many disguises, even though some of the pain can be structural. A lot of the pain is because our brain is so used to processing this pain. If I have back pains and had had it for many years and I feel some kind of sensation in my back, my mind goes, oh, no, not again, not now. Why is it me? Why do I have all this pain? What have I done? And that's fear-based. The fear is sending signals to the brain and the brain is thinking, oh, something's wrong. I have to send pain down to the back. And then this circle goes on and on because then the pain comes and then say, oh, it's worse than I thought. And now I can't go to this and that and I can't do that. I'm sending a lot of fear to my brain again, and the brain sends pain back. That's the cycle, and we need to break that cycle. But one thing is fear around the pain, fear around your symptoms. Another thing is all the fear we have in patterns in our life, which we may not think of as fear. It could be if I'm a pleaser, if I always look to please other people, Many people would say, I do that because I need to do good for others. But it's actually about, I don't want to get thrown out of this relationship or I need to feel loved. I'm afraid not to feel loved. So then I have to please. That could be a pattern you could work on. I work on that myself. And when you loosen up those patterns, the fear is not uh, so accurate in your body. But a lot of other things, Feelings you suppress, or if you are very controlling, it's also based in fears. And also that, I had mentioned it before, I think a lot of people can relate to being preoccupied in things. Our mind is only looking at one thing, and I need to solve this, and I can't think of anything else. It could be in relationships, it could be in work, it could be in anything. And when you get this illness, it's like, Your brain is just sucked into how to find solutions, how to, why am I sick? I need to get some kind of accounting, energy accounting with my body. It's all circling around the illness. And that's fear-based too. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because when you experience pain, first of all, that's maybe unexplained because many people actually don't ever end up getting a diagnosis when they're in pain. So an unexplained pain that goes on for a long time, it gives your brain a lot of things to research, to look up, to think, oh, it could be this, it could be that. So you're right, it can occupy your entire day and everything that you think and do just in those patterns. So that's very, very interesting. Now, you mentioned stress before when you talked about your stress. So Is stress something that can also impact chronic pain? Often we see in pain reprocessing therapy, we look at pain in two different ways. In structural pain, like you said, a broken leg and cancer or autoimmune illnesses. And we look at pain as neuroplastic pain. And neuroplastic pain, 
that's the cycle I was describing before with fear causing the brain to produce pain. Plastic pain is often starting in a period where you are stressed. That's the kind of signs you can look for. It, it could be a happy stress. It could be a pregnancy or a wedding. It could also be a loss or some personal crisis. Because the body is stressed, it's all filled with fear too. And our nervous system is working overtime. So that you can look for. And also you can see if your pain gets worse, worse when you get stressed. It's a sign of it's no plastic pain because when you're stressed, you have a lot of worries. You have a lot of, and worries is fear too, or you are annoyed or you're angry or you're feeling pressed or something like that. It's also a sign when you, Alan Gordon says he had looked at a lot of patients with no plastic pain and three things is special for the people who get plastic pain one is they worry a lot and i could just say check with myself two they press themselves a lot check three they're criticizing themselves a lot and that is all fear-based behavior and it's all leading to stress so what comes first i don't know but it's interfering and it's fueling the pain. When I have a chronic pain, my dad dies, the my chronic pain will get a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You said that there's two types of pains that you consider in the pain reprocessing therapy. So does the type of pain have an impact on how likely you are to overcome this chronic pain? Are there some types that are easier to overcome versus other types of chronic pain? At first, you need to investigate, are your chronic pain neoplastic pain? Because when I have pain in my body, I will always, people, everyone will always think there must be something wrong in my body. Plastic pain is, there's nothing wrong in my body. It's your brain producing this because it has done it so many times and you're fueling it with fear. You have to look for um, evidence that your pain is neoplastic that isn't anything wrong i can do this and sometimes you have to look for the exceptions when can you do move your arm without pain maybe i can do that when i'm happy when i'm satisfied when i look at my child playing and it feels so good but then i can't feel my pain so you're looking for the exceptions It's clear that even though you know, okay, my pain is neoplastic, I know that. I can see all the patterns. The more of the other patterns, the more of the fear patterns you have, the more trauma you have had in your life, the more unconscious you are of your psychological patterns, the more you suppress your feelings, the harder it gets to overcome your pain. But when you look at it from another perspective, you can see, but when you have structural pain, there is something wrong and you can't do anything about it, except maybe some medication or waiting for the bone to grow together again. But when you have neuroplastic pain, the hope is, and you can see that you can do something 
here. Maybe it looked like hard work because you have to look inside yourself, but you can do something about it. It all comes down to fear. You don't have to remove the pain. You have to minimize the fear-based thinking and behavior in your life. And then you have to train your brain in telling your brain, okay, now I got this sensation. It feels like pain. You have to tell your brain, when I feel this, okay, I'm just being with my pain. I'm just telling my brain it's okay. There's nothing wrong. You don't need to send pain signals down. But if you do, it's okay. I just have to be familiar with sensations in my body and not letting my brain interpret it as something's wrong and send pain. Three elements in this treatment, psychoeducation, somatic tracking, which is the one thing I was mentioning about telling your brain there's nothing wrong. I need to look at my pain. I need to be with it and not be afraid of it and learn my brain. It's not danger, this thing. The third thing, looking at your patterns, uh, fear patterns in your life. Mm-hmm. Lots to work on. Lots to work on. Lots to work on, yeah. I'm curious when we talk about chronic pain, I mean, we said obviously there are structural reasons or cancer illnesses that cause chronic pain, but how prevalent would you say that neuroplastic pain is? Is that something very common that you run across with your clients? I think I will refer to Ellen Gordon because he has so much experience with it. And he said that He's not putting any numbers on it, but at the majority of people with chronic pain have no plastic pain. Wow. Yeah. And when I look at me and my story, and I also have clients with rheumatoid arthritis, when I look at them, I think there must be layers of pain and you can have both. And maybe you can't work on the structural pain, but you can work on the other things. And then if you can let go of the thought of being healed, I need to be completely free of this illness. But instead think, okay, if I can minimize it, if I can get a little better, it's all right. Because a lot of people who suffer from preoccupation will have an intensity okay, now I'm going to do this and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do the exercises all day long and meditate and it's got to work and it's not working at all. Many of the people I meet, they meditate, doing yoga, they're doing all the things that is good for them, but with an intensity and a little fear in it. If I don't do that, I will never get better. And then it's contradictive. It's working against the good intentions. That's a really good point. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I never thought about that because it's kind of what I did. I went out with just complete enthusiasm to find something that would fix this pain. So yeah, that's a really great point to learn that balance and to really listen to your body. Now, how do you work with people when you know that they have fear-based patterns? I would imagine through that fear that there's also fear of letting those patterns go, which is not productive. So how do you work with your clients on letting go of those fear patterns? First, you have to see them <laughs> yeah, and know that those patterns are familiar to you. If you let go of them, there will be fear. But when you can see 
hey, there's an, a link between what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, and the pain in my body. That could be motivation in itself. That could be the one thing who could get me to, okay, maybe I could do some other things. Maybe I could start looking at my pleaser behavior and see, hey, when I'm pleasing, actually, I want to get this out of it, but I'm not getting it. What can I do that is better for me? So we look at what can you do that is better? What can you think? What can you do? What can you feel? And then I use my education as a mental trainer. I make an audio with some mindfulness and induction. And then I put all these suggestions. And then when you listen to this, you get new tracks in your brain. So you don't have to remember, oh, I have to do this because then I'm not pleased. I just have to listen to it 15 minutes a day. And then you can call it brainwash, but brainwash ourselves all the time. When you listen to it, it's like your brain is so, because it is in a state that is very good at receiving new messages, you're quick at learning. That is my primary tool. Yeah, I love that. When you're communicating with the subconscious, it's oftentimes a lot more efficient if we want to make changes. So, yeah. yeah. It's a short one. <laughs> it's so extraordinary sometimes to see how people can have a pattern for years, 30 years, and then suddenly they see, oh my God, this is the one thing, or is this thing who is fueling my pain. I don't want to think like that anymore. And then started the mental training. And they come a month later and I'm not doing this anymore. It's working. I, I don't understand, but I'm actually going in another direction now. Yeah. And it is the subconscious we are working with. In yeah. Like hypnosis. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I like that you're offering these very individualized approaches because I feel like no chronic pain is the same for each person. It would be difficult to use a one size fits all approach to help yourself. So it has to be individualized to each person. That's really great. Now, could you go over some of the programs or services that you offer? I think listeners would be really inspired by this episode, and especially if they have been working with chronic pain or suffering from it for some time, I think they might be very interested in getting in touch with you and finding out how they could work with you. Of course, I have one-to-one -one meetings with people soon or in Denmark where I live, and I meet with them for about six to 12 times. And then we train these things. That is one program. I also just recently started a group, online group, where you pay a small amount every month. And then you can work with your pain in the page that's relevant for you. And then I put all videos and exercises and meeting with the members two times a month. And soon they can get the specific advice they need in their situation. It's good because it's not that much, that much money and you can do it a long time because when you have had chronic pain for 10 years or 20 years or five years, you can't just swift over in a month or two and then your pain is gone. You need to work. I still need to work on myself and my fear-based patterns. My body is so good to tell me every time 
I step out or step into fear because the pain comes. And then I need to sit down and, okay, take my own medicine. Yeah, it's great to have that community because, I mean, life is just that, ups and downs. So we're always dealing with stress that comes at us or situations that are emotionally challenging for us. So, yeah, I love the community aspect that you have created there. Wow. We need to look at each other's successes. Yes. To have the hope, because hope is, when you have chronic pain, hope is very small. Because you have tried so much, nothing is working. But when you can see other people getting better, and other people cheering for you, and understanding you, what you're going through, I think that's the core of it, and that's healing in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Is having that different perspective on what's possible for yourself. So. Yeah, I love that. And we, of course, will be linking to all of Marianne's offerings in the show notes as well. So be sure to check there for her programs, for the one-on-one sessions, the group work. And we'll also be linking to the social so that people know where they can get a hold of you if they'd like to work with you. And this has been another incredible episode. And I really hope our listeners have enjoyed our journey into overcoming chronic pain as much as I have. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your wisdom. I have learned so much in this time that we have spent together. And I really hope our listeners have walked away with some valuable insights maybe into their own chronic pain. So thank you so much, Marianne. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. You too. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the Journey podcast, please support us by subscribing, sharing on social media and leaving us a review. We appreciate you. And you can find more of The Journey on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and our website, thejourney.com. Sending you love and courage and see you next time.